Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. Get your iPhones out. We've got a little. We want you to bring your iPhone, your smartphone, your Blackberry, your Gooseberry, whatever you got for a phone, uh, your Nokia. Don't want to leave any brand out, but whatever you happen to have, we're going to do a little texting survey this morning. And the question we're going to be asking you is, what is your favorite holiday season of the year? It might be Christmas, might be summer. Uh, and there they are. So here's the way it works. You type in 37607, that's like the phone number when you're texting, so use that as your phone number. And then if Thanksgiving is your favorite, you would text us season one. If spring break is your favorite, season three. If it's all of the above, you can do season six. But uh, try to give us what is your favorite. Oh, my favorite is Easter, uh, Thanksgiving, whatever it is, type it in season five, season one whatever you get it and then we're going to come back and see what the results are what this congregation has for a favorite holiday as i mentioned by definition it's a time of festivity recreation when no work is done but before we talk about holidays before we talk about rest we have to talk a little bit about work and as we go through the series in july we're going to talk about work as well because work believe it or not is a god idea holidays rest is a god idea but so is work and you can't really appreciate holidays and rest unless you have an appreciation for work you were designed for work and from the very beginning god designed us to work he he's the creator and so he designed us to create some of us create music some of us create architectural drawings some of us create with our hands maybe we're a carpenter or framer maybe we're an engineer maybe we're a doctor but there's something inside of us to create maybe we're a landscaper and we create for six days we create and then we take take a day and recreate but we're, we're, we're designed to create. We're designed to work. And in the upcoming weeks, we'll talk more about that. It's a good thing, and we'll learn more about that. So in order to really understand the power of resting and holidays and so forth, we understand, again, that there is something about work. And uh, God doesn't want us, when we go on a holiday, to really evacuate. We use the word in Canada, I'm going on a vacation. I'm going to vacate. I'm going to evacuate from my work. And actually, we live in a tension where we have work and rest, work and rest. It's possible to be working hard and have this great season of rest in the midst of it, just like you can have peace in the midst of a storm. Do you remember when Jesus was asleep in the boat during the storm? In the middle of the storm, he had complete peace. Another example is Peter. Peter was in jail. His best friend had been executed. James, the brother John, had died. And Herod saw how much the people liked it. He said, well, I'm going to arrest Peter and do the same thing to Peter. So they throw Peter into prison. Peter's there. He's being heavily guarded by soldiers. He's in a Roman prison. He's not sleeping on a nice cot like you'd have in a Canadian jail, a hard cement floor or, con- or stone floor. And uh, there he is. He's not fretting. He's not worrying. He is at peace. He's at rest. He's sleeping. And uh, I think, wow, Peter, you really practice what you preach. Because Peter would say in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And I think that night, knowing that tomorrow might be his last day, he really did cast all the cares upon the Lord. Do you guys do that? You're taking your cares. God, I'm just going to give you this care. I'm going to give you this care. I'm going to give you this care. To rest, you just give your cares to the Lord because he cares for you. Aren't you glad God doesn't sleep? 
When we go to sleep, he's not sleeping. He doesn't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep too, and, um, and tomorrow morning we'll, we'll go to back to work. While you sleep, God works. When you rest, God's at work. And uh, so we need to talk a bit about work as we get into it. But now let's talk about some of the festivals that are in the Bible. We won't take time to unpack it all. Just to say that God had festivals in the Old Testament. Start there. There were feasts. There were holidays. And uh, like Passover, Pentecost, you remember some of those? And there were times of faith and refreshing for a number of reasons. One, if you have in your notes there, they kept alive the story of what God had done in Exodus and during their wandering. It kept that story alive. Holidays are good for that, aren't they? When you, when you have your Christmas holidays, do you guys ever talk about, do you remember what we did in Christmas and this year? Or remember last summer we went on this holiday? Wasn't it fun when we did this or we did that? There was a season when our kids were younger, we went to Mara Lake in the interior. And for a number of years, that's where we went. Now, sure enough, we'll be going on a summer holiday and the kids will say, oh yeah, remember Mara Lake? We did this, we did that. We reflect on what we did. God used that principle for these festivals and these celebrations to say, you know, reflect on what happened when you came out of Egypt or your exodus, your wandering. I want you to remember, keep that story alive. These festivals were also visual aids to help the people understand God's lessons. It reminded them about redemption, it reminded them about sin, judgment, it reminded them about God was more important than things, and so it helped them remember God's lessons. There were visual pictures out of the story. But thirdly, they were also a break from work. And when they got together, they celebrated. I think the kids of the day would have said, wow, mommy, mommy, when's Passover coming? Because all the aunts and uncles are coming over, just like we do at Christmas time. They were excited about that. They were looking forward to it. So these festivals, these feasts, they were holidays that really brought the people together, took a break from work, but it also was a great time for them to be refreshed. So let's go back and uh, let's get just a little survey update of where we are and, uh, and what we found out about us as Canadians. Oh, look at you guys. You are Christmas all the way. This is why you can go into a mall in July and have a Christmas store. Have you ever seen that? You'll, you'll go somewhere and it's like 80 degrees out and there's a Christmas store you can buy. It's because we love Christmas holidays. Summer is number two. And then you have the rest of them. So there you go. That's our survey. Christmas seems to be our favorite holiday season. And it's all those three things we just talked about. It's about reflecting on what God did at that time. It's about story. It's also about coming together and celebrating, taking time off work. Aren't you glad? For as a whole, everything shuts down on Christmas Day. There's a few stores open. But it's a kind of the one day of the year in Vancouver where it pretty well is dead. And everybody is with family, friends, a church or whatever. But there really is a sense of rest in the city. And uh, one of the reasons I, I like walking around on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day because this place just kind of, you just feel a sigh over the city. <sighs> we need more ha's <sighs> in our life. More just kind of sighs to be refreshed. God, that's God's idea. And we want to talk about that today. So not only do we have those holidays, there's also something called the Sabbath, which God designed, which was, which commandment? Fourth. Thank you, Rob. Fourth commandment. Fourth commandment was, remember the Sabbath day, right? Okay, a little, just a little quiz here for you. Um, what was the eighth commandment? Do 
Stealing, right. You got the little, remember the little H, his, his mask? Uh, ninth commandment, lie, lying nine, yeah. Okay, one more, a little tougher. Third commandment, big lips. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Okay, so there you go. You guys remembered. It's so simple. Okay, we are, number one, we are designed for rest. Look at your neighbor and say, you are designed for rest. Now, don't go to sleep in the service, okay? That's not what that meant. It's all great. I'm going to have a nap right now. Now, this is time for deep thinking, meditating. Rest is more than sleeping, obviously. But we're designed for it. We're designed to be refreshed, to recharge, get in a rhythm of it. And this day, the Sabbath day that we keep, it's more than us keeping the Sabbath. It actually keeps us. Keeps us sane, keeps us healthy. It keeps us. We're designed for it. We're designed for rest. We're designed for sleep. Now, here's the deal. If you cheat on sleep, if you say, I'm going to work through the night, Sometimes as students, we did that. I'm going to work through the night, pull an all-nighter, study, cram, right? Pull all-nighter. The next day, I'm going to pull all-nighter. Now, I'm going to go run down to the store, 7-Eleven, get some Red Bull, get some Monsters, get some coffee. Some of you are chuckling because you've done this, and you, and you, and you do pull another all-nighter, and the next day, you go again, and then all of a sudden, one day, you just crash. It's just like, it doesn't matter what you want to do. Your body says, like it or not, you're going to sleep, and, and, and you go to sleep. And you're just out of it. Now, keeping the Sabbath, it's a little bit different. It doesn't sneak up on you quite the same way. Because you can say, I'm not going to take the Sabbath. I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to worship on that day. I'm just going to keep plowing ahead, being busy, working, whatever. I'm not going to honor that day. I'm not going to keep it holy. And for a long time, nothing really happens. Then as you go through life, you go, you know what? Why is my work not satisfying? I just get no satisfaction out of my work anymore. I don't know what's happening to my friends, but it just seems like everything's coming unraveled. And I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what's, why am I struggling with my finances the way I am? Why does it seem like my life is so empty? It might just be traced back that you haven't honored God and kept that day. He designed us. He knows what's best for us. And we're designed to create six days and then on one day recreate pull back reflect refresh get into his presence and rejuvenate ourselves jesus needed to do it mark 6 31 jesus said let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest you and i are not above our master if jesus needed to do it we need to do it number two jesus offers us rest Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. It's there in your notes. If you can find Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, there on the second page. Why don't we read this verse out loud together? Because it's such a, uh, a common verse, but a rich verse. Let's read out loud. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. There's a lot in those few verses there. Just a couple things I want to point out to you. One, it says, come to him. So this is our decision. We have to make a decision to go to him. He doesn't, he doesn't force us. He says, come. 
The invitation has gone out. Would you like to come and find rest? And likewise, God, as God sends us an invitation. You've been sent an invitation. Have you received an invitation to a wedding? And they say, hey, would you like to come to the wedding? Well, you have to respond to it. When you get to the wedding, they, they have a meal. They, there's something given to you. And you, oh, man, I so love to be at your wedding. And something's given there. And, or a party or whatever. You have this invitation. God says, I have an invitation for you. Come. So, well, what's there? Rest. Rest for your souls. Oh, I was at that party. They had this. It was amazing. That was amazing. God says, I don't have that. I have rest. How good is that? Come. Come. But you have to respond to that. And then secondly, it says, we want to, it says, I'll give it to you. The fact that he gives it means it has to be received. Because you could be invited to somewhere and, and you could be receiving, let's say, a meal. And you could say, oh, you know what, I don't know if I want the meal. And you could push the meal back. But he gives us rest. It's grace. It's not earned. It's, you know, it's, it's given. And we receive it. And then thirdly, the yoke that he talks about here, it's a metaphor. It means if you're submitted to my teachings, you won't, you'll find that it's not a burden. Like the world system. The world system is perform, 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 perform. Perform, perform, perform. And if you perform enough, you'll finally make it and you'll reach this idyllic place. He says, no, come to me and you'll find rest. You, we're so used to earning something. When I worked for Energy Mines in Saskatchewan, we had something called EDOs, earn day off. Oh, I got my EDO. We're going to do more. I earned my day off. Your, or your Sabbath is not an earned day off. Oh, I, I worked really hard, so I get my day off. Or this is my bonus for Sometimes the boss will say, you know what? You work so hard on that job, take a couple of days off. That's not what God's saying. God's saying this is all grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Whether your performance stank or the performance was good, you get a day off. It's a gift to you, a gift where you get to refresh. You're not a slave. You're a free child. And a sign of a free child is a free child gets to rest, gets to put their feet up, gets to reflect, gets to recreate. Jesus offers us this kind of a rest. What is a yoke? What is a burden? It's, if you go to StressCanada.org, they've got lots of stats there. I'll just give you a few. Corporate stress disability rates have doubled in Canada from 1999 to 2008. Doubled. Prescription for antidepressants and minor tranquilizers now rival in dollars terms those for high blood pressure and related cardiovascular problems. The U.S. National Academy of Science estimates that 70 to 80% of all visits to the family doctor are now stress-related. You got a yoke, you got a burden, and so you end up in the hospital. No wonder Jesus, come to me. It's no fun going to the doctor. It's no fun having a stress-related problem. Come to me. Trust me on this one. I got a plan for you. I designed you. I know how you work. Come to me. I'll give you rest. So much better than ending up in the doctor's office. According to Stats Canada, the most stressed demographic in our country... The ones that are experiencing extreme stress, 35% of this demographic is experiencing extreme stress, and that, are, that is women between the ages of 45 to 54. That's the most stressed in our demographic. 
and then it varies. But typically, we find, according to Stats Canada, the women are experiencing more stress than the men for whatever reason in our country. But Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. I have something for you that the world can't give you. There's a Chinese character. It's a simple pictograph made up of two symbols. And it's what they use for the word busy or busyness. I'll put it up on the screen for you. And uh, I don't speak Mandarin, so you've got to appreciate it. I, I went and talked to one of our staff that does. But this symbol here in the pictograph, this is a symbol for heart. And this symbol over here is a picture for meaning to perish, killing, or death. So this is, a, this is a, how they write busy. <laughs> how was your week? I was killing my heart all week long. <laughs> I was busy. Heart and heart and busy. And, you know, when you think about it, when we're so driven, 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 and it's not just work-related, because sometimes a student can say, well, that's not for me because I'm not working and I'm preparing for work, but I'm not really working. But we can be so busy, 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 busy that we're killing a heart even as a young person. So it's interesting that that was actually woven into their language some of us were addicted to busy. We, we don't know how to pull back and be still. We get nervous if we're still. We get nervous if it's calm or if it's quiet. <gasps> what do I do with this? You meet somebody at work or at school or you meet somebody at your life group or church or it could be in your neighborhood riding the elevator. How's your week? Busy. How's your week? Oh, super busy. Super busy. I supersized it. Super busy. Yeah, getting her done, busy, busy. And you, you almost like, you'd almost feel bad not to say, so if, if I say anything else, it, I wouldn't measure up. We're so performance driven. I, I'm busy. How's your week? Oh, calm, <laughs> restful, the work, rest. And people would raise their eyebrows and go, really? But inside they'd be thinking, oh, I wish I had some of that. Because... Really, it's, we kind of wear it as a badge of honor. Busy, busy. I, I, I picked a different word because it was bothering me. Because people ask, because I do find a lot to do. I do find myself busy. I have to guard myself in that area. And so I picked a different word. How was your week? I said, productive. I, I tried to find a word that was different than busy. Productive. Number three, God established a day of rest at creation. He commands us to take it. Genesis 2, verse 2 and 3, on the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy, because it was a day when he rested from his work of creation. The seventh day was the only day in creation that's named. It's a special day. And we find it, as we heard, it's a fourth commandment. There's two places in the Bible that list all ten commandments. One is in Exodus and one is in Deuteronomy. And it, at first they look exactly the same. But if you read them real close, there's just a little bit of a difference. For example, let me share with you the one out of Exodus. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go there. Exodus chapter 20. That reads, verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and sow all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. 
you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. That verse 11, in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all the sea, all that's in them. Okay, so remember that part. Now I'm going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 5 and read in verse 12. Here it says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. With the seventh day is the Sabbath unto the Lord. You shouldn't do your work, your kids, your male servants, your donkey, your ox. Nobody should be working. Sounds exactly the same. But verse 15 is a little bit different than Exodus. It says, And remember you were a slave in the land of Egypt. The Lord God brought you out from there with a mighty hand, an outstretched arm. So it's different. But there's something good here. There's something unique here. Exodus grounds the Sabbath in creation. Deuteronomy grounds it in liberation. You're freed from Egypt. You're freed from that tyranny. One remembers Eden, one remembers Egypt. Exodus remembers God's example. Deuteronomy remembers his blessing. Exodus looks up, Deuteronomy looks back. Exodus reminds us we are God's children. Deuteronomy reminds us we're not meant to be a slave to anyone. It reminds us the yoke of slavery has been taken off. Now we're yoked up with Christ. He cooperates with us. He works with us. His yoke is light. He gives us rest. After coming out of Egypt, God wanted to establish in them, you have a new identity. You were slaves for 400 years. You're no longer a slave. You're free. Pharaoh got days off. You get a day off. You're not a slave to work. God has an issue with slavery. He wants us free. He does not want us to be slaves to work, and he wants us to be free. Work, we'll talk more about the theology of work coming up, but there's this balance. There's this, there's this God tension that we live in between work and rest. Anyone who can't rest from work, I'm going to slow this down a bit so we hear it. Anyone who can't rest from work is a slave to work. Anyone who can't rest from being busy is a slave to busyness. And you may think you're invincible, but it's affecting your heart. And our doctors are proving it in Canada. And so we need to take heed to what God's saying. I say, well, about God, does God need a Sabbath? No, God doesn't need a Sabbath. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of ends and earth, neither faints nor is weary. I say God does not need a Sabbath in that God doesn't get tired. There's a lot of reasons why he took that day in creation I won't get into all of that this morning, but does God get tired? No. Does he weary? No. Does he say, oh, man, I had a hard week. I didn't have to take a break. No, he doesn't. One of the reasons that God took the Sabbath was to help us. Even by grace, we come into this rest. And then one of the ways that helps me understand it, there's a good book on rest by Mark Buchanan. In that book, he gives this example of a mother putting a toddler to sleep. And if you have little kids, you, you'll know what he's talking about. We certainly did that with our children, but there'll be time when you have a toddler. It's okay, little Johnny, it's time to go have your nap in the afternoon. Little Johnny doesn't want to go have a nap. Little Johnny wants to keep playing. But we all know little Johnny gets really cranky if he doesn't have his nap, and he starts doing a lot of dumb things, kind of like you and I. We get cranky, we do dumb things, if we don't have our rest. And so he said, oh, come on, little Johnny, go to sleep. And Johnny won't go to sleep. So finally, Mom says, okay, Johnny, come lie down. I'm going to lie down beside you. Close your eyes for one minute. And, and Mom lies down beside Johnny. And because Mom's there, Johnny kind of relaxes, and, 
And finally, he goes to sleep. And then if you're a parent, you've done this. You very easily get off of the bed, and you kind of tiptoe out. You don't want to wake him up. God, so to speak, lay down beside us and said, I want you to know it's okay. Have a rest. This really is the best thing for you to have a rest. <clears throat> yeah, he wants us to rest. Number four, we enter that rest by faith. Trust in God. Everything will be okay while we're not working, while we're not busy. Romans 8.28, you know this verse likely, great verse to memorize. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. What this means is you can relax. You can rest. I know on your day of rest, you still have a to-do list, right? There are still things that you may even be concerned about. Maybe you made some gains. You say, man, I've got to hold. I've had some victories. I've got to hold those victories. Or maybe there's some mistakes. I better clean that up today. I've got to take care of that today. There's a family issue. There's a, there's a work issue. There's... God said, trust me. Just take today. Put it in my care. It's going to be okay. Now, if we believe this verse, we can do that. But that's all trust. That's, that's faith. Okay, God. I really feel like I should be doing this, doing this, doing that, but okay, I'm just going to give it to you. That's faith. Now, if we don't believe it, if we don't believe Romans 8, 28, then we better get busy. Yeah, then we, we better really get working. We better, we better get out there and start doing some stuff. Yeah. Go back to Isaiah 30, verse 15 and 16. It's there in your notes as well under point number two, just before point number three. Look at this verse. You'll like this. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. A couple things that we're looking for, strength, confidence, right? You're going to find it. Then God says, I like this. He says, but you would not. You didn't want to do it. And you said, no, we'll flee on our horses, therefore you shall flee. And you said, we'll ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. In other words, you don't want to rest. That's your choice. You get to choose. I'm going to work, work, work. I'm going to ride my horse. Okay, ride your horse. I'm going to ride a swift horse. Okay, the ones who are riding after you are fast. You better ride hard. So God's saying, if you want to rest, I'll give you rest. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Rest in me. But if you want to work, 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 go ahead. Work, work, work. But I'm going to work really hard. I, I can do it. Yeah. But just know that they're coming after you, so you better work really hard. Or you can just step back, say, God, I'm going to enter your rest. I trust you. This is my liberty. This is my gift. I'll have strength and confidence as I trust you. I'm not going to be visiting the doctor's office for some anti-stress stuff. My heart's going to be okay. It's not just for my spiritual life. This is for our soulish health. This is for our, our physical life to pull away. Just say, God, I, I rest. We're not addicted to busyness. If we're addicted to anything, it's our love for God, if we can use that word addicted in that way. Psalm 127, verse 2, there in your notes, it's useless to rise early, go to bed late, useless, and work your worried fingers to the bone. Last part of this verse, don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? He loves giving you rest. You like giving presents? God loves giving you this present, rest. Because he knows you can't get it anywhere else. Hmm. 
Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. If you watch your step on the Sabbath day and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath day as a day of joy, God's holy day is celebration. If you honor by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, being busy, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Well, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. Wouldn't you like to soar above it all? I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestors, Jacob. Yes, God says so. You know, really, God's rest, a simple way to put it, is you lay down your have-tos and you pick up your get-tos. Now, if I'm a baker, for example, and I bake cookies and cakes and stuff all week long, that's my have-to. But on my day of rest, I don't want to bake any cakes. I don't want to bake any cookies. I've done bake. I baked all week long. I don't want to bake. That's my have-to. But for another person... On their day of rest, going into the kitchen, making, a, a, you know, apple pie and rolling the dough out. It may be very, that's their get to. Today I get to do that. For a landscaper, working all week long and trimming and cutting and mowing and pulling. And they don't want to go in the garden on their, on, their, on their day of rest. But for the next person, if they go into their garden and they trim the flowers and they just kind of fuss around and they come, that's their get to. That's therapeutic for them. So... The six days you create, this day you recreate. And I just share that because you have to figure out what works for you. This is not a legalistic thing. This is a grace thing. He, this is a gift to us. And tied into it always is worship. They came out of Egypt. He said, Moses says to Pharaoh, I must leave Egypt. We must go to worship. Liberty and worship and rest are all connected together. Last verse, Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Let's break it down. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. And then lastly, be. We are human beings, not human doings. And in order to be all that we are meant to be, we need to come unto the yoke of Christ and say, Lord, I'm hooked up to you. I'm going to be a follower of you. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.